Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast. Yes, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 217. Thank you for joining us tonight. Speaking of joining us, Brian's back. Thank you, Jim, for that terrible eulogy you gave me last episode. Yep, um, unfortunately you recovered. You son oh of a joy. bitch. Yeah, Jim was off. You know, Jim, I went solo. Jim, you did a good job taking the reins. Um, I got to admit, I do love that, like, you attempted to find the brick background, but you settled you settled on. I, I couldn't find it in the drive. <laughs> and then, like, even the Patreon symbol was wrong. I was like, God. It's a really old symbol. That's one for, like, my, like, separate videos ages ago when I, like, try to put, like, a link to it at the very end. But for some reason, like, the default Patreon, like, logo wouldn't work for it. So I had to find, like, one from just searching Patreon that would. So that's crazy. You couldn't find it. But, yeah, no, you did it. You did a good job. Um, yeah, yet last week was actually a combo. I was on vacation. So I was in and out of, like, doing day trips all week. And on top of all the random past month of me being sick and whatnot, I was off antibiotics got a cold or fever i think it was the good like you said the con crud um which i now gave to my wife and my daughter and my son so oh, good job sick. um but yeah i'm still like at the tail end of dealing uh turns out i have uh chronic sinusitis which i didn't know what that was but basically i get really bad sinus infections which then cause an ear infection so i'm on crazy heavy antibiotics but either way tonight i decided I haven't had a drink in what feels like a goddamn month. So I was like, you know what? I'm not doing beer, but I did add some uh, the classic Bun Ratty Mead Ooh. into my tea tonight. So making a, a varied hot toddy, if you will. So, yeah, I decided to I, I needed to have something. I'm tired of not drinking. Bri, if you were a wrestler, would you be in Raven's flock because you're sick, boy? I didn't know where that was going, Jim, and I can't even be that mad about that. You know what? That's a good pull. For once, you have a good pull, and yeah. it's semi-relevant. What are you drinking tonight, you son of a bitch? Uh, tonight, I am drinking from... Where the hell is this? <laughs> good start. <laughs> uh, a, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just go with what I can see right here. From the New Anthem Beer Project out of Wilmington, North Carolina. This is the Two Doors to Choose Kolsch. So it's kind of got a cool semi, like almost double dragonish. I'm kind of guessing. Or like some yeah. maybe Cobra Kai-ish. Yeah, the classic blue versus red yeah. anime style. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so it comes in at 5% alcohol. Um, yeah, not really anything written about it. So, yeah. So, so Kolsch, it does it have a little bit of a like off sour taste? A teensy bit. Yeah, so Little... Kolsch's are like the the light beer of sours. Yeah, very, very light. Yeah, it's almost like, because there's different, like, there's very, there's gradients with sour beers. And like how, like, say, like, a grapefruit one will have, like, a distinctly different mouthfeel and taste than, like, say, like, a cherry one or something like that. Yeah. This is definitely more like the grapefruit, like, definitely more bitter end. But it's not, like, gotcha. hoppy bitter. It's, like, different bitter. Different hits the tongue differently. Yeah. I'll say Jim. different again. Jim, I've been teaching you all about beer for long enough. Where's Kolsch from? We went over this before. But Brian, if you remember from school, I'm not a good student. Uh, fuck, I, feel I like can't you remember. Be Where's it from? Germany. Come on. Ah, like yeah. Most beers. Would be the safe answer, but. Yeah. No, it, it's usually, and actually the interesting thing about the Kolsch style is that it's usually supposed to be served in, did you ever see those really tall cylindrical glasses? Yes. It, it's like the skinnier ones. That's really what it's supposed to be served in. Oh. Um, like most beers, as we've said. It's one of those weird things that as you get more and more into beer, you, you first appreciate the fact that, yes, you should always pour your beer out. I remember at first we're kind of like, that's bullshit. And then you're like, no, you really probably should then you let it warm up or whatever but yeah all the different beer glasses they do serve purposes as much as i might hate to admit it they do so yeah the kolsch is an interesting little summer style so i, I like those yep so i mean i was just like oh this looks video gamey so i you know when i was at one of those variety stores i picked it up and 
yeah, it's pretty good. Definitely a little bit more on the bitter end than I'd probably be like that I was looking for today because it's balls dick hot today. So, yeah, yeah uh, I was hoping for more refreshment, but this is definitely more refreshing than the beer last week. So I'll take it. Nice. Now, Chambers, I'm busy being on vacation and sick. And I can say for gaming, I the most gaming I've done was about an hour ago with my son because I was playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Edition. Uh, which I almost returned because when my wife gave it to me for Father's Day, I was like, oh, I already have the TMNT game. I thought it was the beat-em-up, like the newer one. And then I like was about to return it. I was like, oh, wait, no, this is the one with like 13 games on it and all those old ones. I was like, oh, shit, I'll keep that. So I was introducing him to like uh, Turtles in Time and the arcade game, and then he's like, oh, I want to do a fighting game. Um, dude, I even put the Super NES fighting game, the Tournament Fighters, on the easiest level. That game's fucking hard. Dude, so hard. Like, he's, like, losing, and I'm like, okay, it's his first time doing it or whatever. I was like, here, let me try. I still got my ass kicked. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that is way too hard. So, yeah, um, that's literally all the gaming I've done in probably the past week and a half to two weeks. Like, I haven't done shit else, because just been way too busy what about you i know you're doing house stuff <laughs> yeah haven't done uh haven't done a lot of gaming myself either i uh, was able to sneak in a little bit more mario odyssey here and there got through like another one of the worlds and uh a couple games of tetris and that's about it yes brian no wins yes Brian. I, you know that? i wasn't even gonna ask you i but, saw you came in third that one time yeah i had a third place or during one of those and then like the last time i played i only did it for like a half hour but i was getting my hands kicked Maybe gotten into the 30s a few times, but there's sometimes I'm in the zone and sometimes I just struggle. Have you been doing what I told you? Do it on the toilet and do it without sound. I've been doing it without sound. Yeah. Has it helped you at all? I, I think I generally do do better with it without sound. Like, because, like, the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, so I'm like, oh, it's pretty fast. And it's like, I'm in the top 10. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets you fast. <sighs> Jim. Forget 23 and 23. You just need to be Tetris by the end of this year. (laughs) I want to do both, but I don't know if I'm going to do either. (laughs) Jim, life is hell. Move in your house and play games. We're getting there. Daughter's room's done. I just have to do the fucking windowsill trim and shit like that in the main bedroom. Then I can at least throw beds in there. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Take it from there. And then the fun of setting up your game room, which is both exciting and also with how much shit you got. It's I know. I have like a little bit of anxiety with this because I'm like, how do I do it? Because it's got to be one and done. Like, I'm not doing it at 5000 Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I know you want to go custom. I still think, do yourself a favor. Do like the shelves I have behind me. They are customizable in sizes all within. Yeah. They can hold a shit ton of media. Even if you get three of them, stack them next to each other and just be done with it. Yeah, I can fit three of those bastards along that back wall. So yeah, maybe I'll for do sure. It. But uh yeah, no, it's uh I, I can't wait to I really hope unfortunately this week I'm gonna be traveling for work, but I'm hoping to get back into gaming next week. Like legit be able to sit down and do some shit. So fingers crossed. Um but Jamers there may be a healing of the goodwills. Uh, I don't know if you've been to any recently, but I'm starting to see more and more games at Goodwills. I haven't been to a ton of, really. I went once last week just to check it out, and there was like, there's some games there. It was like, you know, mostly crap, but there was at least some stuff. Well, yeah. So part of it, what I'm saying is, on one hand, it is still mostly crap. Now I do see the occasional, like today, I saw. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, I forget if it's Vice City, but it was like Vice City Stories and something else stories, Liberty City Stories. Oh, wait, the like, PSP games? I don't know if they were PSP, but I thought they were PS2. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're PS2. Maybe they were ports of the PSP games. Maybe it was like a <coughs> release kind of thing. I think that's what it was, but I saw those. I see a lot more like random PS2 sports games, which, yes, they're still sports games, but the fact that I'm seeing PS2, I was like, okay. Um, I'm seeing a lot more Wii games. Like, I'm seeing things out there which I haven't seen even a PC game. So, yeah. um, where my big pickups have been is two weeks ago, I went and 
I found all these horror DVDs. I was like, oh, awesome. Dude, I went today, and I literally walked out with 20 of them. Jesus. Um, it was literally, like, all these super rare, like, Dario Argento classic, like, horror ones. And then all these, like, limited edition, like, special edition, like, original Day of the Dead, this and this. Like, all these, like, crazy ones I've never seen. It looks like somebody must have just dumped a whole bunch of them. And especially the Italian ones, because there was all these obscure Italian ones. I, it's there's something about like going up and putting twenty and then it's like sixty bucks worth of shit and you're like, ah, I gotta do it though. Yep, <laughs> that's cool. Now like, actually, what do you call it? GameStop's been fucking. Uh, they've been dipping back into the retro scene too. Like you'll see PS3 really? stuff, like original Wii behind the counter at the one I went to. They had like Game Boy Advance games, it was GBA stuff. Which one did you go to? Uh, the one on Street Road by uh, when you get past York. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, no, that that's the one I go to. So I will. Yeah, I, I, I you and I have said it was a completely underrated place to go get those gen games. And if yeah, if they start bringing them back, I'd be happy. Get rid of the toy sections. I love toy sections, but god damn it, get rid of them. I'm tired of them. Right? You don't like the, you don't like the endless Funkos? Just Funkos everywhere? I'm fine with Funkos, but yeah, there is too many, and I don't need to see anymore. So. Maybe, well, maybe, just, maybe the in-store sales are hurting. Maybe they need to bring back the retro. So I'll take it. You mean a game store needing to be a game store? Who would have thunk it? Hmm, damnedest thing. Instead of a goddamn another FYE, which I do love those stores still. But they're gone too. No, there's still some at some malls, Jim. Right. My wall lifetime guarantee stickers are pointless. <laughs> Damn lifetime it. Time my wall. ass. <laughs> Uh, so hopefully that means things are getting better. And speaking of getting better, Jambers, we have a special thank you to send out. Yes, and, uh, big thank you to Spaghetti for signing up for the $5 tier over on Patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. Where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question and we'll answer on each and every single one of the Power Hour podcasts. And let's not forget about our bonus content for the... Po- it's not just even the bonus episodes. We got us our bonus crusty corner for the week talking about the hottest animals in Disney. Thank you, Polygon, for that wonderful article. So if you if you are supporting us in any way on Patreon, be sure to check out those videos. Jim did a... One dollar. Un dollar. Jim, that's very appropriate for the game you did last week. Um, <laughs> or the talking about the game. But no, I, I am getting enjoyment out of... Uh, Jim finally accepting who he is. So. <laughs> As if I never did before. <laughs> but but uh, Jambers, what questions we got? Brian, speaking of spaghetti, he is he is first up and he is coming out swinging. He's earning Uh-oh. his five damn five dollars. Brian, you're, you're a man who likes his hypotheticals. You love him even. So, Brian, would you rather sit on a cake and have a dick in your mouth or sit on a dick and have a cake in your mouth? It's an honest question. Oh, it's not an honest question. I don't want either. Well, too bad. Gotta choose. Can I sit on a cake and eat a cake in my mouth? No. <laughs> Why not? No, Bryce, <laughs> stop being gay and pick your dick, all right? No. See, my hypotheticals are like, if you don't do this, something bad happens. There's so something th- good. You have cake involved. I, and there's I'm something not even bad. That big you have fa- dick involved. It's I'm cool. not even that big a fan of cake. <laughs> that little hesitation. I was like, I'm not even that big a fan of dick. No, I, like, I don't even like, there's not even a cake I've ever gone like, ooh, I really want some cake. Like, I don't even like cake that much. Yeah, I'm not a huge cake fan either. Or a pie guy. <sighs> Chambers, what are you taking first? Oh, fucking dick in the mouth and sitting on the cake. Because <laughs> at least it's not a dick in the butt. That would, that would, I could only imagine how bad that would hurt. I've had colonoscopies before. And just but- getting the equipment was bad enough. All right. But Jim, I've had the appetizer. I don't need the main course. Just put it in my mouth. But nature takes course. But Jim, give me the control. I mean, then it's like number one. That's actually a double for sure. A double lose lose because then you get no enjoyment whatsoever. At least the other way, you get to eat some cake, even yeah. if you're not a huge fan of cake. Maybe I want to sit on some cake, Brian. What? Why would anyone ever want to sit on cake, Jim? Brian, have you not seen Brazilian cake fart porn? Why would you fart on a cake? Why it would, would muffle the sound cake? completely. What sense does that make, Jim? I don't know. 
Sarah, and if I can use your line, some people like their cucumbers pickled. All right? They do. And you know what? You eat those goddamn cucumbers. You don't sit and fart on your goddamn cucumbers, Jim. You could. You could, but why would you? I don't know. <laughs> Mix up the brine a little bit. Make a little extra sour. <sighs> I don't like you, spaghetti. <laughs> Five bucks well spent. I, I hate everything about that question. Answer it, pussy. I don't have. I, I. There is no good answer there, Jamers. Yes, that's why it's funny. Now pick one. <sighs> I don't want to do either. <laughs> tick, tick, Brian. Tick, tock. I'm just going to go with your answer just to say. No, say There it. you go. Nope. Say I'm your just answer. Go with Jim's, I'm just say saying your answer, Jim's Brian. Answer. Nope. <laughs> say your goddamn See, answer. I, I, I thought about doing the Orlo, or buddy's answer. Because they would lose because they'd get shit on their dick. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking tell that story real quick. So uh, our, our dear friend, Matt, old roommate, uh, not the one in our ancient videos of the drinking games. Uh, so one day, I, I think we almost posed the same question. It's like, Matt, would you rather have a dick in your mouth or a dick in the butt? And he went, No, no, no. It was, or no, what's would, you rather, would you rather, would you rather fucking a guy or get fucked oh that's right <laughs> and his answer was he'd rather get fucked because that guy loses because then he's got shit on his dick and we're like you do realize what that means he's like yeah but dude shit on his dick <laughs> that's for sure so, so that, that was his logic that like that is such a big loss <laughs> uh, sweet delightful man. Uh, but next question. Great Jim. question, Spaghetti. <laughs> Sorry, Brian's such a puss bag. Next up from ah. Todd Howard Sucks. What is the oldest beer that you have had? I had a 2010 The Reserve by Duchette's. Oh, God, I missed a reserve. I haven't had that in ages recently. But that's also but also that last question. Wow, LOL. Thank you. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have a ton of old beer. Like, the reserve beers I do have. Um... Our buddy Chris actually gave us, uh, what was that beer he gave us that we tried? Uh, I feel like, I forget which episode we tried it on. I know that was an older bottle. Oh, yeah, I can't remember which one that was. Yeah. But that wasn't like soup. That was like at the oldest, maybe 2018, 2017. I do have a couple bottles of the original Mad Elf from like 2012. Oh, wow. And 2013. So I do have those. Um, and I do have a Dogfish Head 120 uh, from 2015. Why would you like, keep it 120 that long? It's not like it's a rare beer. No. Well, those you do you are supposed to age. Well, you can age. Like Mad Elf, you're not supposed to age. Right. The people like, just start to But just it. people do it. Uh, the 120 and those higher percentage ones, um, like, it does help with the beer. Uh, but this was also when it was a rare beer, and it did cost 15 or 20 bucks for that one bottle. So I was like, oh, I'll grab a couple. I'll save one. I'll drink one. And then in the future, now, especially since they make them so often, I do want to do a comparison of, like, an aged one versus a new one. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, outside of that, like, even the, those, even the shoots and some of those, you're not really not supposed to age beer it's not like liquor and other things um, unless they're super high percentage like percentages then you should age up what about you James? uh i'm trying to remember because uh, i know i think like you i think we might have both brought like when 120s first came out like probably like the one you had i know i was saving one for like two or three years and then i broke it open for something when I was at my last house, but that was like 2017. It was only like a matter of like three or four years. Yeah. So I think either that or like when Eric sent us those beers and like we eventually got to them like after COVID, but they were sitting there for like three years before we started like, you know, seeing each other again. Yeah. So yeah, I think my limit's only ever been like maybe about three years for the age of the beer. Jim, as I told you before, if I ever go back to that antique shop and they have those old ass beers, 
then maybe we'll have to crack one of those. But now we're talking like 40, 50-year-old Get us a 50-year-old Billy Beer, just like Homer Simpson. <clears throat> oh, God. That would be interesting. No, that's a good question, though. I like that. Yep. And that wraps up the Patreon questions for this week. So once again, thank you to everyone for all the support. Thank you, Spaghetti, for the sign-up. And if you would like to ask delightful questions like that, head on over to patreon.com slash game. Links will be below on any of these podcast formats of choice speaking of we are on itunes spotify and youtube give us likes everywhere give us those follows leave some reviews it helps us out yeah truly appreciate it guys and as i said if you're supporting us make sure you check out jim's crusty corner we're gonna have some other bonus content and really appreciate it yeah we'll be recording another what do you call it uh bonus episode with nick soon and right gotta get on body harvest <sighs> as soon as i get that it, you know, if that game just had a few more saves. Yeah, it's such a goddamn commitment. Like, you have to fucking... And that's the problem. Dedicate an hour and a half I, to it. I ha- when I have gamed, it's never been for longer than 25 minutes to 30 minutes at a time. So, yeah. I, I, that's why I said I need a commitment. You tell those goddamn kids to go upstairs. Daddy's got to work. Jim, I'll just drop them off with you and Sandy. That's all. That's fine. They can play in the yard. <laughs> now but thank you guys again we really do appreciate it oh yeah all right chambers so you got something here and i i i miss these because we 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 had a couple a few times and grant there's not a million of them out there but it's a nice little you know it's coming from tiktok say what you will about it but right it's a um, weird gaming item it's a weird drinking item it's the best of both worlds it is it's a custom I'll call it a custom beer koozie that also acts as the, uh, what the fuck do you call those docking thing? Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like a controller dock for your uh, joy cons on a switch. Yeah. So I'm showing the video here. Uh, you know, the Yoohoo is a strong move. I do love me a Yoohoo, but come on, if you're going to drink Yoohoo, you do it out of the goddamn little carton thing, not out of the can or the glass. You got to do it out of the glass, Look, but right, either there, way there is, there, oh wait, that wasn't a glass of lappers, wasn't it? Yes, it was, because <laughs> that has goddamn class. Goddamn right. But um, here's my question, Jim. Although I, I I love my gimmicky potential beer can holders. Right, is it a design flaw? There's a huge design flaw. It, it's You can't play and drink at the same time, even with a straw. I don't like it, Jim. Oh, I mean, you could, but my dumbass, I know for sure I would just get mad at something and start, like, shaking the controller, and all of a sudden I'm covered in whatever I'm drinking. Well, there's that, too. I mean, there's the fact that a lot of games have the goofy motion controls where you'd have to do that. So, yeah, that's a design flaw all in and of itself, Jim. Yeah, so this one looks a little bit customized. This was probably 3D printed, but there's ones on Amazon you can get, and they're, like, 15 to 20 bucks, which... I was like, man, that's just a piece of fucking either rubber or plastic right there. So, Well, and you see, like, uh, on the left Joy-Con, they struggle a little bit to slide it into the slot. So, yeah, it definitely – I don't imagine any of these being any good. Um, but it's a cool little item. You know, I, I'm all for this shit. Right. You know what? Maybe Jim, put, those, you, put those Patreon questions – or money to good use, Brian. Buy you one. Do a review. You know what I want to do, Jim? One thing I'm actually mad at both you and I that we don't have, we don't have a legit beer drinking hat. Oh, we don't. No, we do not. Like, and of all the goddamn times of the, we tried to come up with drinking out a can, but then you were cheating. And then we had to make it shots when we were doing a drinking game. And then that forced you, but then you kept spilling. Um, like, like. We could have just had the beer on our head. I mean, drinking the whole time while you're doing it. So you just have to take a set. Like, would have been so much easier. So our next drinking game, we're getting goddamn beer hats, Jim. You know, we we tried to put so many so much thought into these stupid goddamn gimmicks for this fucking page when we could have just worn beer hats for every video and just left it at that. That's it. Could have been the beer hat guys. Called a beer hat gaming. Boom. Page done. Way less effort. No stupid beer meters in the goddamn reviews. Yeah. And everyone keeps asking (laughs) what they mean. It's it's the question, Jim. It makes them think about it. They don't think about shit. <laughs> they just go, "This is stupid." Unsub. They're just like, "How dare you talk about slaughter sport like that?" <laughs> uh, One of the few no. everyone seems to agree on. I don't think there's any ever been any defender of that bullshit. It's a rough ass game. But Jamers, I do. Lo- you know, I'm sure we have a lot of people who love the Switch. Um, 
I guess it would be delightful, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get this one, Jim. Call me crazy. Bry, you're crazy. Damn it, I didn't think you would do it. Bry, now answer the question. What animal would you fuck from Disney? God damn it. <laughs> answer the question, Bry. Let me look up sexy Disney animal. Oh, wait, no, let me not look that up. I don't want to know what the fuck's in a pop-up. go on a watch t- list. Do I don't want to type that in. <laughs> I'm going with yours, Nola. There you go. What? Even her you name. can't give me that. What's her name? Nala. Oh, all right. How do you spell it? I don't know. N-A-L-A. Okay. And there you go. That's what I said. Such a big bag of pussy. Jim, I don't know animals. I'm sorry. I don't. Sure. Listen, now, if we did regular females from Disney Animated, there'd be a whole nother conversation going, Jim. Whole oh, yeah. conversation. That'd be a tough list right there. But it also, what I realized. Also, after, 90% of them are like underage. So well, that's what I was going to say. Through. It would actually get really worrisome. And I'd have to double check a lot of numbers, Jim. There'd be a lot of number searching. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're stuck with all the ugly sisters from Cinderella. It's like, God, they're the only enough age ones. Damn it. <laughs> all right, not the fat one. Damn it. Damn it, Jim. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> But Jambers, uh, this these next couple things are going to co- continue to cover the Switch. And in one of the goddamn oddest sources of information about the next Nintendo system, who's bringing us news, Jim? Right. Good old Bobby Kotick from Activision Blizzard. Because, I mean, even when I try to not have an article or something about this goddamn acquisition, somehow it always gets involved in something or other. So... Currently, there's all the court cases going on between the Federal Trade Commission and Activision Blizzard and uh, Microsoft and this whole deal. So apparently, while he was uh, testifying, Bobby Kotick said that the graphical fidelity of the next console will be basically about a generation eight, a gen eight uh, power, which means like PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, I mean, one. Now, again, I it's also, like, it's just been a bunch of sources just saying, oh, yeah, he said this at the hearing. So it's been nothing in writing, nothing more, basically, than just that, but... Yeah, so, you take it with a grain of salt, but, I mean, it would make sense that that's probably going to be the performance level. And I'd probably even say they're not going to be, it's not even going to be up to, like, the tier of, like, really running the shit great like those. But it's probably going to be able to run to that level-ish. Yeah, it, I mean, it would, like, it oh, would make sense. Like Nintendo really does keep all their new shit really close to the vest. But you yeah. got to think by now, if anything new's coming, like these places have to have dev kits by now to start working on it and like learning this stuff. And and I'm I'm completely convinced. I know we've talked about it with this deal and everything. And and there's always been these talks of like. Will the next Switch have some kind of ability to have Game Pass on it or something? Like, I'm sure there are dealings between them and Nintendo. At least, to like, could we bring Call of Duty to it? Could we bring these things to your platform? Um, and in that, like, even if it was just a passing thing, like, yeah, we'll be able to handle that. Like, whatever it is, um, you know, you do have to take it all with a grain of salt. But I don't think it's crazy to hear that or assume that. So, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's reasonable? I'm thinking it's probably reasonable. I mean, it's the old, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it kind of mentality. Like, the Switch was only as strong as a 360 when that released. So, you know, if it's got to be a gen behind. I mean, l- let's be honest. It's not going to be able to push, like, PS5 graphics on a small, because like, they have a form factor thing going on, too, and portability. So, yeah. it does limit them. Yeah, I mean, like Steam Decks have the ability to do what more modern modern consoles do, but it comes with like a bigger price, a lot of other issues, um, and like you said, Nintendo has completely foregone trying to be the performance machines, and you know part of that is even kind of covered in the next article from My Nintendo News where they. Nintendo themselves says they believe that the Switch's performance is good enough, and they admit that developers want more, but they aren't really interested. They almost look at it as a point of pride, like, 
work within these restrictions and make games that can work within these restrictions. And you can say what you want, like even like Tears of the Kingdom, like, you know, it, it has, you call it what you will, performance issues and this and that. And doesn't stop the game from being loved and really fun for lots of folks. But Nintendo just does not give a shit about catering to their fans and developers. They're like, we're going to make stuff. We're still going to make it fun. Graphics aren't the most important thing. That's all there is to it. So it'll be really interesting. So, I mean, so basically this comes from Shinya Takahashi, who's produced a number of Nintendo games. And yeah, he's saying it that it's what you said. It's good enough. And developers are always wanting more. I mean, dude, you can't port anything to the Switch at this point. Like, anything remotely new, like, you like no. you just can't do it. There's no yeah. way you can do it. Like, even, like, some games that were, like, kind of current-gen when they were coming out, like, famously, Mortal Kombat was such a graphical downgrade, Mortal Kombat 11, from the other mm-hmm. games. Where at this point, like, I don't think you can port Mortal Kombat 1 that's coming out to the fucking Switch. So If you do, it'll just be a joke. Or just be, like, a cloud gaming kind of alternative, which no one wants that who has a Switch either. Yeah. So, it, like, eventually you gotta do something. Like, a new Switch has to be around the corner. Like, th- this just reeks of just, you know, stupid corporate speak. So, of course, you're gonna say, oh, yeah, we're doing good enough, and we make... Like, yeah, credit where it's due, they do really make the best out of what they have, especially for their first-party titles. But, like, even, like, second-party titles, like the Pokemon games, have been struggling and getting raked over the coals for their graphics and their performance. So, eventually, you have to kind of do something with your hardware to make it you know catch up a little bit to modern times and i do like how they say like i'm sorry to cut you off i was gonna say like like it is funny that they're like oh so since the famicom we've had to work around like strength limitations it's like yeah but a lot of the time you also had the most powerful console like snes was came out later and was more powerful than the genesis the famicom was more powerful than the you know microcomputers and the sg1000 where, yeah. like, the GameCube was actually stronger than a PS2. It just had that stupid mini-disc. Yeah, I so think So it's not like they were GameCube, always behind in power. But, yeah, GameCube, I think, was the last one where they tried to compare. Like, N64, say what you want. It was it was underpowered. It, no, it wasn't. It was actually more powerful than the PlayStation. It was just a thousand times uh, harder to program for. It was actually a way better 3D engine on that for making games. But it was limited by the stupid cartridges. Yeah. I mean, I, Wii was where they they did the 180, and I feel like they went, we don't need to really compete graphically. We need gimmicks. And, you know, they went with that. But I was curious, like, so there was roughly five years between the Wii U and the Switch. Um, so they're coming up on going to be seven years next year for the Switch. Like, No, we're yeah, already they, in year seven. It's going to be eight years. Switch, I thought, came out in... Oh, yeah, you're right. No, it's 2017. So, yeah, we're in yeah. year six. So, I, I'm just like, yeah. you At some point, you just gotta... Are they holding on? Like, are they still just gonna trying to milk it? Like, I do feel like the curtain's gonna drop. And when they do the new one, if they do it, let's say, next year, and they're like, you know, Tears of the Kingdom for that. Like, kind of like what they did with Wii U with, uh, you know... Um, the uh, Breath of the Wild, like converting it to Switch, like I don't think I'd be shocked if they did that. And I and hopefully they'd come out the gate with. Do they need to like another Mario Kart, another Smash, all the all the like, or do you just give the like combined? Here's everything with updated graphics. I don't know. They 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 really need something because. I thought for sure. You, you know what it is right now that I think they were doing? I think they're trying to overtake the PS2 numbers. Like, PS2 is at, like, 152 million units sold, I think. And the Switch is, like, probably around, like, 130 at this point. 125 to 130. So, I'm thinking they're trying to go for that crown. And they're holding out as long as humanly possible. Because, I mean, like you said, once the new... Or, or they could... I'm actually... Or they could be sneaky bitches and just... Uh, kind of do what they do with the ds and the 3ds and kind of combine the sales and be like oh it's the you know same family of console or it's the same thing well the, i mean that's why i think it's already a jip like to say uh what's the what's the other version of the switch they have now the um uh, i mean that's just the oled that's just an upgrade hardware wise minimal but upgrade. It's, 
But like, I feel like that's also they know from a collector standpoint that they can combine those the light, like they so they've already had variants kind of come out. Oh this. yeah, they have all those console specific ones that don't even come with the game. They've done that mm -hmm. a ton of times. I mean, would it be far fetched to say they're gonna sell another thirty million? No, but at the same time, uh, like. Does third is there thirty million people out there who really need it? At this point, probably not. Yeah, at this point, like I don't know. And I mean, they had their <coughs> like like Tears of the Kingdom. You're not going to get a bigger game than that. That's what I'm so saying. That, that so was their you, last hurrah. Yeah, like you got to think like what else can they possibly put out on the Switch at this point? It's going to be a big a big mover because yeah. you also have to have some kind of killer app for your next system too, like. The original Switch had Breath of the Wild. Huge. That's, you know, came out of the gate running. Like, it was on fire. Like, it's got to be either a new, like, it's got to be either Mario Kart 9 or, like, maybe Metroid Prime 4 finally. Like, you got to have one of them as your big seller. Because I don't think anything else will generate that kind of buzz. I think the thing that would is if they get this deal through, and maybe they're waiting on it because it's Activision shit. Like, maybe they want to be able to say you can now play Call of Duty the world's most popular game on the world's most popular system. Like, you know, maybe they're trying to combine those and say, like, now you can play it on the go. I, I don't know, like something to that effect. And maybe this whole lawsuit has kind of held everyone up. You know, that's actually a good point I didn't think of. Because, yeah, maybe there's a backdoor deal to have either Call of Duty or even Game Pass, like they, taught, they rumored years ago. Yeah. Maybe they would and, finalize that and have it come over. And because we said, like Microsoft, they like they know they lost the console war. So if they can get a little bit of that Switch pie by having Game Pass on there, I would think they would go for that. And, and you know what, the Game Pass shit wouldn't even hurt. I don't think it's, it would hurt the what they're doing right now with the Nintendo Online, with like ha bringing back the Super NES games, even the expansions with Genesis and everything. Like that market is going to be that market. They can keep capitalizing on people who want to go back and play retro but the game pass is just an easy way for them to cloud stream more modern games as long as it can be up to snuff to run the shit i, I mean i don't know i think i think that would make the most sense but who knows maybe maybe we won't see nothing for another three years from them for all we know that would be fucking wild like <laughs> like in this day and age like you you can't expect anything to have like a 10-year life cycle anymore even though, like, I've, it almost still seems like the PS5 and the Xbox series are, like, unnecessary. Because there hasn't been that much stuff put out there that's like, oh, yeah, this is worth having it with all these, you know, graphics and shit like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I think we're maybe a little jaded. I think we still undervalue how many people use these systems. And, and the games that come out, I will say, just like when Blu-rays first came out. Like, do you really need it to look that much better in DVDs? And it's like, once everyone, every game starts looking like that, you go, oh, yeah, there is a difference. And Well, yeah, but there was such a leap from, you know, we were still talking standard def to HD. With oh, for TV sure. Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you from know. 360 to Xbox One and shit. Yeah, that was a huge leap. Um, the leap between was definitely, it was a, it was a small thing. Um, I yeah. would, I would think the next leap would be very, very crazy, but. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, you got to see. Yeah, so you guys, in the comments below, you let us know what you think. When do you think Switch is going to be the next? And here's, here, Jim, final question for Switch shit. Are they going to call it the Switch 2, or are they going to give it another cute name? <sighs> I don't know. I honestly do not know with them at this point. Are they just gonna, well, yeah, as we said, we can't call it the Super Switch. <laughs> um, you could. Yeah, there's, there's a little troublesome with SS. Oh, yeah. Unless you really want to cater to a certain market. Damn Brian. it, yeah. I mean, they did they did sign with them in the past. I'm just saying. Uh, just all saying. of a sudden, you see Tyrus with the NWA title on one hand and the, the Super Switch in his other hand on Fox News roundtables. Oh, yeah. That's Damn the future. No, I, uh, no I, I have zero faith. Um Really, the Wii U is the only one where they tried some continuity. Like, the Super NES 
okay, a little bit, but they've never numbered or continued. They'll give it a new name for sure. Maybe? I like. It's almost like you kind of have to, but you also want to keep. But then again, we tried to keep the Wii branding and that blew up in their face. Oh, man, I don't fucking know. I don't know the right way to do it. Just call it the X Switch and have all the Xbox shit on it. There you go. Do you just call it the Switch Pro? Nah, because that would insinuate. I mean, unless they only are working on that. Like, if it is a whole new thing. You call it the Switch Pro and it's completely upgraded graphics-wise, but they can still count the sales towards it and then have 200 million units sold. <laughs> That's basically, yeah. Some real shit. That wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me either. So, or, yeah. or, or, or you know what? Fuck it. Just call it the Super Switch. And when anyone ever says, oh, SS, they just write, shut up. <laughs> damn it, Jim. <laughs> God damn it. Labels matter, Jim. Labels matter. And some people get offended by it. Racist. That's a racist statement, Brian. Racist. As said by my good buddy, Kazuma Hasimoto. Labels matter. Oh. Ooh. All right. All right. Little Mr. Transition over here. Take it so away, I Brian. That. Yeah. So coming from Polygon. And one Again. Another, another Polygon. Ignite for Polygon. Same people who brought us what Disney characters do you want to fuck that are animals? Not. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say not just characters, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <You're> right. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we're goddamn so, journalists here, Brian. So he. No, we're not. He Never labeled. <laughs> he labeled this. Uh, the JRPG label has always been othering. And right there, I hate the fucking the way that's othering. I don't like other. Like, he's basically, he means to say troublesome. He means to say an issue. But he's trying to be clever and say othering. Um, and and the, the little subtext is the terms historical baggage lives on today. Uh, and this is all in kind of in response to the Final Fantasy 16, um, giving an interview on Skill Up. And they talked about the term JRPG and... In general, what it boils down to is that as Japanese developers, they kind of felt like the initial term for JRPG um, had negative connotations that were just led, like, they were linked to stereotypes and other things, um, and would kind of try and discount games because they were done in a JRPG style. I'm, I'm very, very high level simplifying but that's what the whole article kind of goes on to do is just talk about this guy feels it's very bothersome. Of course, he links in shit from G4 and we know the shit show that they've had with their past reviews being relooked at. Um, and, he, and he's acknowledging that, like, yeah, there was even pushes from within Japan to, like, uh, ship shit overseas that was, like, make it cooler. Or, or, you know, like kind of try to get it more popular Western and try and remove the Japanese aesthetic because some people saw that as tr like worrisome. Um, but then he points to a bunch of games where it's like that's actually worked out a lot for them. I guess, Jim, before I read this, before I even read the article and what his take on JRPGs are, yes, JRPGs, of course, mean Japanese uh, role playing games and games that were developed in Japan for RPGs. When I think of the term JRPG, my mind goes right away to a party style turn-based RPG. So when I hear JRPGs, that's that's exclusively what I think. I think it means you're going to have a party, you're going to have turn-based tactics, probably a lot of menus. That's it. Like I so so it ties with a lot of the early you know, every Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, Legend of Dragoon, Legend of Mana, Yachty, Fantasy Star, blah, blah, yeah. blah. The, the list goes on. And then right. Western. Pretty teenagers got to save the world from God. Every time. And, the, and Western RPGs I look at as just the opposite. It's usually you're on your own and combat is more dynamic and it's not turn-based. You're like an right. avatar for your character. And yeah, like JRPGs aren't always turn-based. There's a lot of action ones too, but I'm like you. I think of the turn-based ones more so. So, you know, they're making it sound like everyone just assumes JRPGs because they have a Japanese aesthetic and that they're tied to manga and uh, uh, anime, manga. whatever. Um, I See, I honestly didn't think like that. Like, I definitely think the top-down style, like... I've never looked at, like, Chrono Trigger and thought that has a Japanese aesthetic. 
I've never looked at like a lot of those games and thought that. I just thought, oh, it's that style of top-down grid-based movement and all that shit. So I don't know. Like, what what is your take on this article? Because I feel like there's a lot of uh, I don't want to call it assumptions, but I feel like you know, while there's, I'm sure there were some folks that may have believed this. I don't think this is the popular belief to a lot of people. I think when you hear JRPG. They're probably more in line with how you and I feel about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's almost like a follow-up to that uh, G4 controversy from a couple months ago. Where, uh, because, I mean, one, like, my first thought when I heard this was me just going, oh, shut up. Like, what do you call it? Because it's one of those things in gaming today where, it, like we've talked about before, it might not be the right term, but it's the easiest term that everyone just kind of knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like when you say retro gaming, it's like, yeah, well, retro is an aesthetic. It's not an actual time. It's like, yes, shut up. We get it. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. So I'm kind of like that way with JRPGs, too. Now, but it's also easy to think that way. With, like, I'm not a Japanese game developer. So, you know, they could be sitting there. You know, you know, if they sit there going, what the fuck? Why are we being singled out like this? I guess I can see them. Like, do I do I personally really care that much? No. Like, I never said JRPG in, like, a racist way, where it's just like, oh, this goddamn, you know, fucking, not not another one of these sushi games over here. No. It's just, what do you call it? It's just God that style it. of RPG. So. Like, I, I mean, yeah, and, and I, I still, honestly, I still read this and went, you're stretching here. Like, using G4 is a terrible example of everything, because they just sucked in general. Um, it was, but, like, it was a microcosm of the time, though, because they're, like... The, the aughts were a time where everyone just kind of turning on that style. Like there was a couple here and there, but it was more it was more about the Western RPGs then. Even and, then, it wasn't a ton about RPGs. RPGs suck. Like you fucking no. hurts. Shut well, up. that's my point. Like I and I know I'm not. I know I'm not going to be correct here, but I I feel really until you had Bethesda, Western RPGs really weren't a thing, and it just didn't denote it. Like yeah, I'm sure from a developer standpoint, number one. Most games were made in Japan anyway. We don't call them J platformers. We don't call them J racer. Like JRPG, that's why, like I said, it's the style of gaming is what I thought of it. Like you don't call anything else. Like if, if every genre of game put a J in front of it, yeah, that would be that would be worrisome. Well, good thing they don't call them J racers because you could call them Dracers and then that sounds kind of like, oh, Dracers. D- God damn it, Jim. You're lucky I can't smack you right now. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's a good thing they don't do these things. Also, like, they're so people worried. Like me saying it. They're worried, like, people are, like, saying, like, oh, they're stereotyping because there's a certain aesthetic when they do anime and manga. And I'm going to keep saying manga. I'm not saying it any other way. Um, well, you just said it right. So you did oh, say okay. it right now. Well, there you go. But they're saying, like, we're worried because people are calling it out for having that look and say what you want that is a very specific look like if a lot of games are borrowing that look and that happens to be anime and manga or japanese if they say that's a aesthetic style that just keeps showing up i don't think that's a reflect that's like saying like a lot of people are probably tired of western aesthetics and, and how western rpgs look and bethesda games and whatever like so i i would also say like especially because Japan has always and will always rule gaming in general. Like, it's not like they're the little developers that could. They're, they are the monopoly on gaming and were in the past. And it's like the type of people they're calling out are the kind of losers throwing stones up at them. Like, oh, these JRPGs are like, that hurts as we count our billions. Yeah, there is a part at the end of the article where I'm kind of like, because I I mean, I guess they're mostly right. But like, because they say that they're like another part that comes into it is like the timeline aesthetic, too, where it's not like, you know, you say JRPG and you think of a modern day kind of game. You know, when you say JRPG, it's always like, you know, an old and style kind of one, you know, maybe during the feudal era between the 1500s and 1800s and samurais and like, you know, the old towns and the straw doors like that kind of aesthetic instead of like you know like the bustling metropolis that a lot of japan is these days 
And it's like, yeah, you for the most part don't see that. But I mean, Yakuza is one of the biggest RPG series out there right now. And yeah, I mean, it's not all an RPG, but yeah, you know what I mean. But I would never call Yakuza a JRPG. See that I would just call an RPG. Like yeah, I, I think I think like, this, like a dragon's like the only one. It's like a people consider a JRPG. So yeah, you're right about that too. So it's like I would like. I've never played Neo. I don't know. I don't even know what style of game that is. But the only time I would consider a, a modern game a JRPG is once again if you're party based and turn based. If you have those things, I think you're a JRPG. It could be developed by a Western, and I would call it a JRPG just by that style. I don't care about the aesthetic as much. And to your point, like, he's calling out, like, you know, it was starting to fall out of favor of Western audiences. It's like, well, yeah, because they only had one major style being shoved down their throats over and over again. And when something new came to give a different style of RPG, it's, they're not criticizing. They're like, oh, there's something else here to do now. So, like I said, it just, this article feels like a really big reach. And I, I don't know. I mean, there's a way they could have just simplified this article, Brian. You just not, you know, not written it. Well, yeah, there's also that. But you could also be like, you know, JRPGs, they're not good. And then Western RPGs are. End of story. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> I mean, there's, like I said, read the article yourselves. You guys give us your opinion of it. Um, like I said, could this could have been hallmarks and it always seems to be tied to people's reviews of various final fantasy games and how they have you know they're get, catching shit for perceived racism and homophobia from those games because some of the male characters are effeminate or something i, I don't they always I don't, are. and i'm like I, I don't know what to make of this because like yeah one of his comparisons was like you know uh Sora from Kingdom Hearts were torn down in homophobic ways with more focus on their androgynous looks compared to Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, not you should be homophobic or anything, but like, yeah, one's a young teenager and one's a roid monster. Yeah. And then like, where's that comparison? And, and he says, like, at that time, Japanese protagonists were viewed as girlish or feminine. And these designs were notably emasculated by the press, uh, which I'm like, but then he goes on to name a whole bunch that do tend to look girlish and feminine. It's like, yeah, but that was your choice to have them look like, like, I, I don't think it's a matter of because they were Japanese, they were catching out. I think it would have been no matter who else. If you're comparing them to the roided out, yeah, like ex wrestler look of Marcus Phoenix, yeah, there's there's a different aesthetic there. Some people are gonna say different things. They're very they're very very pretty people. What do you want? Yeah, I I, I don't know, but like this article, like I said, it, it reaches on a whole bunch of things. Um, I, I do like the article though. Did, did someone send you this, or did you find that one? Uh, this was actually been. I've been pushing it and pushing it off for like a slower week for a while now, so I forget where I got it from. Gotcha. No, I, I do like it though. I lo I here's the deal. I give this I, I still give this guy uh, a lot more credit than the goddamn girl who wrote about wanting to have sex with animals that were animated. So I'll say that. Hmm. I don't See, know, I'm Bri. No, no, Bri. Love is love. Who are we to judge? You, you know. judge. You know what a white girl and a dog do in their privacy of their own doghouse? Who am I to? Okay, yeah, she's fucking weird. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> moving on to your favorite bit of our show, The Gamer's Mad. Um, and I did see some of this, and I'm, I'm glad you, you linked it here, uh, but... What are people freaking out about this week, Chambers? So, going back to fucking Final Fantasy. God, I don't care about these games. But, <laughs> so, uh, this Spurg out comes from uh, Elbithium? Elbithium? Uh, and yeah. the tweet says, Stresses out multiple times. Played only for about four hours. 
proceeds to give a full-on review of the whole game in this quote-unquote article. So the article in question, and both this tweet, so you can read the replies, and the original article itself, comes from The Gamer by Stacey Henley, saying, Does Final Fantasy XVI even want to be a video game? Um, Brian, did you read the article? I sure did. Okay. So basically in her article, she she was only about four hours in at the time and basically said that it was barely a game. How it was nothing but a lot of, pardon me, a lot of old, sorry, it just snuck up on me. A lot of old, draw, or like overly drawn out, like up its own ass cutscenes, And then maybe a little bit of combat and then back to the grandiose story. Which, if they left it at that, that will be fine, but this is also an article that sniffs its own farts. So I have a lot of problems with this article, more so than what this guy has a problem with. Because he also links a video he said, you know, Final Fantasy sixteen not a video game, game journalist wisdom. So it's definitely someone who doesn't like journalists off the bat, which, well, neither do I. So I guess I agree there. I, okay, so, yeah, I have a problem with... This isn't a review. It's an opinion piece. Well, it's an editorial. That- that's what my number one problem. About? Like, and he goes on to be like, and she went on to review the whole game. It's like, no, she didn't. But but she didn't at all. Like, all, she basically showed her ignorance really quickly by saying, "I spent four hours. There was a lot of cutscenes. She did essentially two fights in it, like a riding fight and something else, and that's all she did. And then she keeps mentioning like, it's getting great reviews. A lot of people do seem to love it." But and and she's even acknowledging she's saying like yeah everyone says it takes a while before it gets good, and then like you know she's kind of talking about you know she's like I don't know if that's going to take ten hours or forty hours until it grips me. I, what what I don't get is yeah the anger of like it'd be different if this was their official like I don't even know if they have one official review because if you look at the article itself and you click on table contents, I mean just listen to some of these titles. Final Fix Fantasy 16 review, Game of Shiva and Efreet. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 is afraid to let women be powerful. Final Fantasy 16 is Ugh. going to be the funniest game of the year. Final Fits, <laughs> you know, it is way longer than it needs to be. Understands the importance of fan service. So my point is, they have literally, I'm almost 25 articles. It looks like. Just about Final Fantasy, and it, it will tickle any fancy you want, whether it's loving it, talking about it, hating on it. So, yeah, it's an opinion piece, 100%. It's not an actual review. And I don't actually have a problem with this in terms of because it's an opinion piece, it's very short. And her problem seems to be like the game is trying to be Game of Thrones and that the story just isn't tight enough to do it. And yeah for a game that probably is all about story to sum up the way she did about how flat the story is in the first four hours of course she knew she was going to be pissing people off but man yeah the reactions from people like this guy is just like dude realize what you're freaking out about and calm your tits that's all I'm going to say calm your tits like if you wanted to find people who just love the game look at ten of those other articles but he went out of his way to find the one that argued a game he probably has a boner over. I don't know. Like, or I mean, I don't know this guy at all, so he could be one of those types that just, like, he could even agree with it but still just want to make an angry video just because, you know, fucking game journal bad, that kind of thing. And, like, the, like I think the article itself is annoying. I think it's written annoyingly. Oh, because, yeah. Like, Oh, I she's, d- she's bitching about like, oh, well, where's the paradynamic from Game of Thrones? Where's the underclass from Game of Thrones? There's barely any women in the game. And again, you could also say, well, you're only four hours in, so maybe that comes later. <laughs> yeah. I so mean, you had me. You had me for a while where it's like, I'm bored after four hours. Is this even a video game? And I go, boom, good. Big problem I have with a ton of games, overly cinematic ones, especially RPGs. Huge problem I have. Give me something to grab me in the beginning at the very least. But then you go into this other bullshit, and it's like, oh, you did the thing. You shouldn't have done the thing. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting is, yeah, her name is Caroline Madden. She's an editor-in-chief, and she's written 2,204 articles since February 15th of 2021. Holy crap. Do you think in all those articles it's super quality stuff? 
and wait, well thought wait, out. Two thousand articles since twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's like two. Is that that's that's more than an article a day? Exactly. That's kind that's, of my point. Is what that the? like I'm looking today? Here's what she's written today. Rogue's latest changes highlight the problems with Dungeon and Dragons new rules. Assassin's Creed Black Flag remake is gaming's latest waste of time. VR games need to be more like party games and less like AAA experiences. Uh, this is the summer of weird games. That's four different, completely different articles all done in one day. Jesus. So I don't care if this is your job. It's not super well thought out, well researched things. She, for whatever reason, put four hours into this game and said, I can make an article out of that because I need to because it's the hot thing right now. Yeah, she so, sure as fuck did. Do, I just ask people before you get too upset. I always look at the author. I look at the author. I see things like that. And I say, okay, if she had like 10 articles since then and is the editor-in-chief and was well thought out, I'd be like, this is really lazy. But this is pretty much par for the course. I'm trying what? to see if there's like a way to see like how many people work for this page or the, like, do they yeah. only have like five authors? Well, that I don't know. Um, I mean, there's an option to write for them. About us. The team is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There's just a lot of fucking editors. So there's literally no, there's not many writers. There's literally there's ten thousand. There's ten thousand editors already for her next shitty article she cracked that's out. Kind of honestly, yeah. That's yeah, actually. But... So wow. she must just be the content pusher outer, and everyone edits around her. I don't know. Um, it's just amazing to me, like that. That's. That's what they put out, and she's the editor in chief, which means she's the top dog. Uh, maybe they're all editors slash writers. Like, I don't, I don't know. Wait, why? Why? Like, I don't even care about the gamer. Why the fuck am I looking into this so much? But, but, but like I said, this is my point. I, and take this with a grain of salt, because it's me saying it. Um, I don't look at game journalism as that serious. Like, oh, it's not, not not that people. Yes, people can do lots of research, and some may take it very serious or whatever. But you're not cracking a goddamn worldwide case out there, right? Like, you're not in a war zone doing real journalism. Like, you're not cr finding mass corruption from whatever. You're reviewing Well, you games. just don't talk about it so you don't lose your contacts, eh, Jason Scryer? Eh? Damn it, Jim. So, yeah, I, I love these gamers mad, but it does always shock me how upset people get about this stuff. And I, mean, I just like how this guy just fucking swung and missed it. He, like, just swing at the absolute wrong thing. And yeah, like he like he like he saw it immediately and went, oh well, this is obviously what this is, and it's like eh, no, it's not. Now you just look dumb. Yeah, well that you know, in the ten minutes since we started looking at this, I just found out all that information about her, and could completely be like, oh okay, don't take this article that serious. Yeah, it's what she does. She just shits these out. Whatever. <laughs> oh, chambers. So. uh Speaking of shitting it out, how was that Kolsch? Tasty. It was good. It definitely got better as it warmed up a little bit and then as I was getting, you know, through it more. Um, nice. Pretty nice balance. The uh, the really tart bitterness kind of went away the longer it went. And, I mean, it's not like I got... I had one and it's 5%, so it's not like I got super drunk or anything like that. But, no, it turned into a tasty little bear. Nice. Maybe just let it be a little... Like, you know, you don't have to have it at warm or room temperature, but let it get a little warmer than just straight right out of the fridge. Yeah, the amount of beers, it's so unintuitive to think, like, you don't need your beer ice cold. Like, so much goddamn trial and error. It's so much. And you know what? This is one, like everything else I've been saying, do your research. Check out the style of beer you're doing, type of glass you should have, and the temperature it should be served at. I the biggest mistake I regret is when my wife signed me up for those like remember those like rare beer of the month clubs? Yeah, I had those. Yeah, like I didn't really follow the directions. I would end up like 
putting every beer in the fridge the same way, having it the same. And then as I would be drinking it, I'd read the page and it's like, oh, you really need to let this warm up. So I would let it do it. And all of a sudden, wouldn't you know it, I got a completely different flavor profile on it. Things, you know, started opening up. So do a tiny bit of research, especially if you're going to spend the kind of money on these beers. And you'll have a better experience. Yeah. And... I have nothing more to add on that. You're 100% correct about that. So, haha. So, Jim can have his cake and his cock, too. Right. Answer the question. <laughs> you want to play games? We can play games, Brian. Jim, there's so I, many I questions. What kind, of cake, what kind of cake is it? What if it's a cock cake you sat on, Jim? Then, then, then you're really screwed. <laughs> Brian, cake doesn't have the, doesn't have the strength. doesn't have the texture. What, what if it's a custom cake? What if that's actually what, what you sat on? What if it's one of those custom-built fondant, so it's held together pretty good? Cock yeah, fondant's not that strong, Brian. I mean, if it sits out too long, Jim, I'm just saying. Look, Brian, under this under this booty of mine, it, it'll warm up quick. You don't you don't you don't you don't want that kind of dairy going up your balloon knot. That would hurt for days. That would be rough. <laughs> I still think the alternative would be rougher though. <laughs> Don't I made my bed, Brian. I was sleeping it. Don't you make me start doing Brian's hypotheticals on here. All right. I don't need to, Brian, when our lovely patrons do it for us and you bitch out. (laughs) Uh, I'm not doing any of your hypotheticals until you answer the goddamn question. I answered it. No, you didn't. (laughs) Yes, I did. No, you did not. You just didn't like my answer. You didn't. I answered it. You just want it answered in different wording. That's no, all. I wanted it answered, Brian. I think he wants it answered, too. The people want it answered. Uh, this mead was really good. Uh, you still haven't had any. Oh, no, you did. I've had a little bit of mead. Yeah. Um, I said my first drink in weeks. I didn't drink enough where it's affected me, but uh, it tastes good to get back. So. With that, everyone, we want to say thank you guys so, so much for listening. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and notification bell so you can see whenever we have new content come out. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us a thumbs up. And if you give us a five-star rating, we will answer each and every question on one one of these Power Hour podcasts. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everybody.